So, Francis Bacon of 1626, known as Lord Valerum, was a philosopher who was also the Attorney General and the Lord Chancellor of England, who is known as the Father of Empiricism, which is a title he gained arguing scientific knowledge based on inductive reasoning. So, Francis Bacon is so smart, he actually died of pneumonia while trying to freeze what? His Bacon. Penis. His penis. Free tacos. Free tacos. Beer. Fun. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, look, somebody else came in. Yeah. Oh. Yes, Mariana, remember who was yeah. uh, Ron and Mariana who were here oh, last yeah. week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. they're awesome. here at Mariana. Cool. Uh, there's, there's no Spanish or Mexican questions this time, so yeah. um, I, didn't, I, I won't need your assistance. But thank you for joining us. We're always happy to have you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I am David, the brewery buddy. We are going to get started today yes. with some free tacos action team trivia. Um, across from me here is Joe with the show. Joe with the show. And since and it's Monday night, we've got nearly silent Nick off yeah. to the right. Um, I, I don't know if you, like... Uh, oh, you can you can see Elsa over here. We got Elsa, and we got DJ Pizza and the Holy Sister Lisa off to mm. my left. Uh, so this should be a pretty fun time. Uh, so I think everybody here has at least. Oh, you haven't yet. You haven't played. Um, but the the whole thing is, I'm going to ask uh, a bunch of questions. We're going to take a few seconds to go ahead, well, probably 30, 45 seconds to talk about them amongst yourselves, try to come up with some good answers. We're going to go ahead and uh, look at uh, Instagram Live, see if we get any good answers from there. Um, and we are going to uh, then talk about it. It's going to be some long-winded questions, so try to pay attention. We will have some pictures up behind me here that probably don't actually help you out at all. Um, and they may even be a little bit of misdirection, but we're going to go ahead and... Uh, run with it like that uh there's going to be five categories three questions in each and uh the categories this week are crazy history as always that's how we like to kick it off then we're going to talk about uh stupid deaths and then movie mysteries some wild science and some disney discourse to close it out as always so here we go are we ready to move into our first question no yeah All right. Um, okay, so here we go. First question on crazy history. I love this girl with her little cigarette and her giant chicken. Oh, I want to be friends with her. I wonder. I wonder who she is in real life. All right, so we are going to be. Oh, by the way, if you're watching this with children, you should probably ask them to leave because I'm pretty vulgar, and a lot of these deal with adult things. Uh, I don't, there's no sex this week, so if that's what you were here for, you should just go to Pornhub. Uh, so we're starting off with a question about booze. Bloody Mary is a staple for people suffering from hangovers and Sunday mornings all over the world. I'm not sure what the real story is, but I did go, uh, but it did go through a couple of name changes before they settled on Bloody Mary, such as the Red Snapper. Uh, 
as disputed as it was, it seems pretty well documented that the Bloody Mary started out with what name? So what was the original name for Bloody Marys before they became known as Bloody Marys? Mm -hmm. If you're on Instagram Live, go ahead and just type your answers that you think, all your guesses into the chat, and we'll go ahead and read them. And, um, I wish I did. Go ahead and... and the hair of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. If it has bacon. Well, look at these ones here. This has got pickles and like water chestnuts, and I think there might actually be live crawfish in there. Yeah, it is. It's tough to tell. So did you say Bloody Mary three times in a row? I I did not say it in a row. There were words in between, but I did say Bloody Mary several times. Okay, Just don't say it in a row. Okay. I think I think don't I have to be like looking in a mirror with the lights off? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let me just... Oh, I can do it. Can I do it into Instagram Live? Would this work? Yeah, Bloody no, Mary, Bloody no, Mary, no, Bloody Mary. Great. Oh, no. No, yeah. There she goes. Yeah. <laughs> she just comes out the iPad. <laughs> she comes out of the bathroom. She's like, whoa. Hey, guys. Hey. Toilet flushes. <laughs> All right. So any guesses on what a Bloody Mary was called before it settled on Bloody Mary? I can. It is not... Does not have the word... Mary in it. <laughs> I am not going to confirm or deny if the entire word of bloody is in the name. The bloody queen. The bloody queen. Ooh. Ooh. I have no clue. Just guess, Lisa. Come on. I don't know. A hippopotamus menstrual cycle. <laughs> no guesses from the Insta world. All right. I think we're going to move on then. Can I Google? Whether it was originally named by Roy Barton, who was a regular at Harry's New York Bar in Paris, or if it was named after a, a bar in Chicago with the same name, the drink was originally called the Bucket of Blood. Ooh. Either way... It is a cocktail made with vodka, tomato juice, spices, horseradish, celery, olive salt, Worcestershire sauce, hot sauce, garlic, herbs, and some include shrimp or bacon. This drink, not for me. <laughs> this or is. You go from Back to the Future, wake up juice. Wake up juice. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm all for Jack Daniels in the morning. <laughs> That drink may be named after a bartender's girlfriend or possibly a Hollywood star, Mary Pickford, but without a doubt, that name is definitely the nickname for uh, Mary, Queen Mary I of England. Her real name, Mary Tudor, but she was called Bloody Mary by her Protestant opponents because in her five-year reign, she burned over 280 people. For what reason? Heresy. Treason. Oh, there's good old a, a threesome? No, treason. Treason. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, what's wow. happening here? A little too early for that. Yeah. <laughs> 9.14, uh, too early for a threesome, but, yeah. you know. That's okay. 9.48. Yeah. I yeah. have a feeling Oliver Cromwell might be coming up in the story. Nope. No. Oh, darn. Nope. 
Yeah. What was the reason she burned people, two, over 280 people, all for the same reason? What was that reason? Uh, people. She was an equal, equal opportunistic burner. She liked her steaks kind of medium rare. And she was like, boom, yeah. people are steaks. Yep. Okay. Bloody Mary the Cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Any guesses from Instagram? I think it has to do with religion. It does have to do with religion. And I'm going to take that as close enough. All right, so <laughs> Mary was the only child of Henry VIII who is notable for divorcing or beheading his wives. So he created the Church of England and the Protestant Reformation. Mary was not a fan. She burned over 280 people for being what she calls religious deserters. She ended up dying at the age of 42 in 1558 of the flu of all things. Uh, she wanted to be buried near her mother, but instead... Uh, she was interred at Westminster Abbey. All right. So, correct religion. Mm. That is correct. All right. Oh, she burned. I always forget to show you guys the answers. <laughs> Here it is. She burned them for being religious deserters. There you go. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's how you spell deserters because I assume that dessert <laughs> has two S's because you want more of it. And that's, what, you want the that's desert. what deserters looked like back then yep. in that picture. It's accurate. Yeah, I found a better picture with flames too, but it didn't copy into my yeah. into my PowerPoint well enough. So yeah. Um, okay. All right. Okay. So here we go. DJ Pizza, you wanted a submarine question. Here we go. Hundreds of years after Mary, Queen Mary the first died, uh, David Bushnell of Connecticut, Westbrook, Connecticut to be exact, created the first submarine. That was all the way back in 1775, like before the United States was the good old U.S. of A. A fucking submarine in 1775. Despite the design being nearly 250 years old, his use of water as ballast is still used today. But when he first created his submersible, what did he call it? This is hard. I don't know. Title of your sex tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to break out into a song right now. Oh. I think as you'll find, I, I think it's red. We'll find out in the next picture. The next one's in color. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ Pizza. What did he call his submarine? This is another one that's like real. It's like as soon as you say it, I'm going to like. <laughs> this is an actual picture of the design too. So if you have any guesses based on the design, something about an onion. An onion. <laughs> Underwater. <A> floating up. <laughs> it's because it has layers. <laughs> Instagram, what do you think? What did David Bushnell call his first submarine? An egg. The eggplant marine. Mm -hmm. 
it's actually like a pretty clever design, right? With that little rudder, and he's like yeah, hand he's... cranking it to move <laughs> while he just floats there. <laughs> yeah. Any guesses? Anybody? We've got the onion. <laughs> <laughs> Egg. <laughs> egg. Eggs. Yeah. We're sticking with the food motif. Yeah, sticking with the egg. I mean, it could be food, I guess. Could be food. Uh, so the original <clears throat> was called a turtle. Ah, turtle. Ah. Did I not get the colored picture? Oh, no, because this one had the banner. Um, he called it the turtle because of how it looks in the water. Not only did David Bushnell create the first... Uh, the first submer submersible, he also created the first torpedoes and mines that explode underwater when touched. All right, moving along to death by stupidity. Ah, awesome. So, Francis Bacon of 1626, known as Lord Valerum, was a philosopher who was also the Attorney General and the Lord Chancellor of England, who is known as the Father of Empiricism, which is a title he gained arguing scientific knowledge based on inductive reasoning. So Francis Bacon is so smart, he actually died of pneumonia while trying to freeze what? His Bacon. Penis. His penis. He was super smart, but he's like, I'm a Puritan and I can't use this, so I'm I'm freezing my little pe my little Pepe off. Uh, bacon. <laughs> bacon. He was trying to freeze bacon. Yeah. He's like, I could salt it or yeah, I could freeze, freeze it. it. I'm going the freezing route. Okay. Put it in the freezer. Did he really want to freeze a body part, or are we way off? Uh, like a sneeze. It it was uh, not one of his body parts. No. <laughs> it's still not going to help. It's helping about as much as this picture, I think. <laughs> Instagram, any guesses out there any as guesses? to what Francis Bacon was trying to freeze when he caught pneumonia and died? It was like a scientific experiment, so he wasn't just out like, I, I accidentally froze a finger off. It was like scientific, <laughs> on purpose. He was freezing a specific item. A nose. A nose. For science. For science. <laughs> the Brody plays. A brain. A brain. Okay. Mm. We are really hung up on it being a human being or bacon. Mm-hmm. Or possibly <laughs> I mean, human being bacon. You said it was Maybe a body that too. Part. I did not say it was a body part. I said no. it was not one of his body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I said it wouldn't help you. <laughs> Instagram. Anybody? We got, we got a quiet Instagram world today. Any? Yeah, there's not a lot going on Instagram right now. Been any guesses? What's the deal? I don't know how far behind I am either. A chicken. A chicken? A chicken, says DJ Pizza. Mm. It was, oh. in fact, oh what? a Is that chicken. <laughs> After wow. stuffing a fowl with snow and trying to freeze uh, and freezing to preserve it, he proved that freezing meat will help keep it from spoiling. So... Dying for science. That rocks. I don't know what a fowl is. I mean, what is it? It's How a, is it? Like a fowl. Oh, it was a fowl. It's like a chicken. A or a pheasant. A bird. a bird that you can it's eat. It's a bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ducks. 
Um, Alright, here we go. <laughs> so, the first recorded person to swim across the English Channel unassisted and for sport for some reason was Captain Matthew Webb in 1875. And it took him less than 22 hours. What was he attempting to swim when he died in 1883 at the age of 39? Niagara Falls. We've got a Niagara Falls guess. The Atlantic. The Mediterranean Sea. Lake Michigan. All right, we've got some seas and some lakes. The Bermuda Triangle. He just disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) He's hanging out with Elvis somewhere and Amelia Earhart. They're like playing poker. And then uh, there's going to be a J.J. Abrams show about it. Oh, my God, I hope so. (laughs) I hope it's not a super disappointing ending. Wait, are you you saying where to he was trying to go? No, where? just where was he swimming? He was in a specific place swimming. Where was it? So you said Niagara Falls, you said Lake Michigan, Lake Michigan, and you said a sea? Which sea? Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Mediterranean. Mediterranean. <clears throat> the Atlantic. The Atlantic. Splash Mountain. <laughs> As if that was part of this one, it, maybe Francis Bacon was trying to freeze Splash Mountain. I'm not. I'm not sure where that comment falls into in the, in the place. Any other guesses from Instagram? Beyond Splash Mountain. No. It would be cool if it was the North Sea. The North Sea. He froze to death and just like sank cool. like an ice cube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know how he died. So. Oh, we do know how he died. Oh, did he freeze or did he? Drown? He. Oh, maybe, I'm, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to give anything away. You're going to go North Sea? Yep. All right, here we go. The answer is Niagara Falls. <laughs> the Whirlpool Rapids are often considered suicidal, which is why most people don't try to swim at the bottom of Niagara Falls. Despite Matthew not being able to gain any interest in funding his swim, he actually survived the initial part of the swim, but drowned in a section near the Whirlpools. <laughs> Way to go, tough guy. (laughs) So, this is a short one. Um, Franz Reichelt died in 1912 because he jumped off the uh, Eiffel Tower. Why did good old Franz jump off of the Eiffel Tower? We already know over here. We got to guess. He just likes to raise his hand when he knows. He's the worst (laughs) poker face. Why does Nick have the same mustache? (laughs) (laughs) That's an even I did not plan that. Believe in yourself. He was trying to parachute. We've got trying to parachute. We've got a suicide. He lost all his money. He lost all his money. He like fell out of his pockets and he like dove for it. No. Like there goes my francs. He lost all his money so he committed suicide. Okay. A second holy sister Lisa. All right, nearly silent Nick. Parachute suit. Parachute suit. Just just a thrill seeker gone wrong. Actually, he's he's an inventor. The inventor of the parachute coat. (laughs) (laughs) Known as the flying tailor, Franz was so confident in his parachute coat 
that rather than testing with dummies like he had been given permission to, he jumped from the first platform of the Eiffel Tower, and I guess they should have called it the I Jump Tower instead of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and if you're wondering, the fall was 190 feet. So I'm guessing he didn't survive. He oh no he didn't. This is it's, yeah. it's called it's called that, stupid, right. deaths. Yeah, yeah, stupid deaths. Yeah. Where... <laughs> but look that's at right. this coat. Look at how he's like. <laughs> it's not even stylish. Uh, like if you're really morbid, there's like a very primitive video of it somewhere. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. When I googled this, there's like straight up images of wow. like stills of him falling every step of the way down. Jeez. I was yeah. like, this is this is gonna get me kicked off Google. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We are moving into. Movie mystery. All right, Ooh. here we go. First one's gonna actually. There's so much Disney going on in this really? one on accident. So this one is actually about National Treasure. In the movie National Treasure, Nicolas Cage is the lead of the good guys. However, in a rare appearance where his character does not die, Sean Bean leads the villains. Not only do they have different motives for stealing the Declaration of Independence, but they also are both seen using. What different type of technology? So they're both doing the same thing, but using different technology to complete it. What technology is the difference between the good guys and the bad guys in National Treasure? And next time you watch this, you're going to not be able to unsee it. Code breaking. Code break. Do you already know this? No? Okay. What was that? Explosives. Explosives. Guns and explosives. So, like, some people are using, like... Does does Nick Cage even get a gun? No. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, like, they do the thing, the fingerprint thing, and the, you know, the code thing. Yeah. And the other guys don't do that. They just blow shit up. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Good answer. It's true. But not what I was going for. <laughs> How dare you? How dare I not see the movie the way you did? <laughs> All right, let me think. He was trying to let you down gently too, which was very nice. <laughs> All right, any guesses from Instagram? No, the last guess we have from Instagram is Splash Mountain. Still Splash Mountain, <laughs> so. possibly from Mary Queen of Scots. All right, like I said, Instagram, if you've got any guesses out there, make sure you drop them right into that chat function. Or any comments at all. If you just want to be like, wow, that's a really cool hat, David. Where'd you get that? And I'll be like, hey, doesn't it make you want to yak? Because I want to yak now after being at this brewery. It was really fun. Um, and what brewery was that? So, uh, this is, it's called Haterhead. Haterhead. Really? It's out in uh, DeLand. Oh. That's very exciting. <laughs> I went, it was a small brewery Sunday yesterday, so I had to go support oh. some small breweries. Did you walk there? I did walk there. It was really great. <laughs> of course you walked there. <laughs> great. All right. Here we go. Since I don't see any, any guesses on Instagram, anybody? Go for it. Here we go. Uh, so the difference in technologies they used... So, like true villains, Sean Sean Bean's team only used Yahoo for internet searches. However, the good guys used Google for searching the internet. Oh, like 
real human beings, which is hands down the reason they won. Yeah, true. Uh, Sorry, yeah. yeah. Oh, and nobody used Bing because for real, nobody uses Bing. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, a bunch of yahoos. Uh, there's an answer coming up in my Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I typed the request in seven years ago. Um, so in 1977, an animated version of a very popular book was released by Topcraft, which was the precursor to Studio Ghibli. This movie was, the, was first broadcast on NBC on November of 1977 and contained song, songs that were expanded from the source material. In 1985, Soviet television also released an adaptation of the story. What is the name of the book or the movie? They're both the same. Sort of. Is it a Disney one? It is not a Disney one. Although, I don't know if Disney owns Studio Ghibli or not. Some kind of relationship. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I think we definitely have, like, distribution if nothing. uh, They have distribution if nothing else. It's a it's a very popular book. The Hobbit. The Hobbit is a good guess. When was the book from? Uh, nineteen thirty something. The book that was when the book was written. Yep. I was about to say Tom Sawyer, but then that would be normal. Mm Hmm. I'm trying to think of Soviet TV putting out an adaptation of Tom Sawyer, though. <laughs> Actually, like, the Hobbit is a good get, or, like, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. There are both animated versions of The Hobbit and of Lord of the Rings. Is it actually a play? Uh, the, like the Soviet TV was a play. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was like the you know all those like made for TV things that we're doing now where like the the that's basically like a stage thing and Carrie Underwood sings and like the hills are alive and then like they put it on TV it it was basically that but for Soviet Russia and in 1985 like they were way ahead of the curve that's why they beat us in the space race. Mm. Well, that's why in Soviet Russia TV watched you. We have some some internet guesses. All right, what do we have? For. Uh... Tickle Me Elsmo okay. and Mariana is Masha and the Bear. Okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I also don't know what that is. <laughs> but Masha sounds uh, Russian. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the answer is The Hobbit. Ah. Imagine that. Look at that. Originally released in 1937, The Hobbit was released as a cartoon in 1977 and was great. As long as you actually knew the story. If not, it's a little confusing. In 1985, the Soviet play was released on TV and called The Fabulous Journey of Mr. Bilbo Baggins, The Hobbit, Across the Wild Lands, Through the Dark Forest, Beyond the Misty Mountains, There and Back Again. <laughs> you thought that Harley Quinn movie was had a long name. Um... <laughs> interested in how great the russian version of this classic is it is so amazingly terrible because i watched it this morning because you can find it on youtube it just doesn't have subtitles so you have to know russian um so like this this scene i don't know if you can see it up here but um that is a person who's narrating part of the story supposedly trying to be J.R.R. tolkien 
and he starts it off, but he keeps popping up in different places. The effects are terrible. The dragon's laughable. Some uh, Gandalf and the Same hobbits are the same right. size as each other, but like the the river folk people are like uh, the size of us compared to Lego sized hobbit people. So it's it it's just it's really bad. It was bad for 1985. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> All right, we are on to our Does a Wookiee Shit in the Woods of Star Wars question. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian Season 2 is now out, and the first episode of the season, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant guest stars as the Marshal wearing some very familiar armor. It appears to belong to Boba Fett, but no spoilers if you've seen it. Boba Fett's first appearance in the Saga Trilogy is in, is in The Empire Strikes Back from 1980, but what was Boba Fett's first appearance to the fans? It was before 1980. That's my only clue. <laughs> well, the first A New Hope came out in 77, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But she was not in. Right, so what was between seven... Was it the Star Wars Holiday Special? The Star Wars Holiday Special did come out in 1978. So that's what you're going with? That's your guess? I feel like it must be. Okay. <laughs> DJ Pizza agrees. We got holiday special. Okay. Anything else? Mariana said holiday special as well. Hmm. Mariana said holiday special too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was me agreeing with you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So that is probably going to be the consensus, and that is why um, you're all about to be mind blown here. Well, the 1978 Star Wars holiday oh, special was Boba Fett's first appearance on the screen. Uh, although he's animated and for some reason riding a brontosaurus. One of the assistant film editors, Dwayne Dunham, wore the Boba Fett armor in September of 1978 at a parade next to Darth Vader in San Anselmo County Fair, which was a sneak peek into the character before the animated version was seen, making this the first time Boba Fett appeared to the fans. And I'm super excited they had pictures of this on the internet because I was like, I don't know what picture I'm going to put up there. (laughs) But here it is. 1978. You're a sneaky bastard, and I proved that question. Yes. <laughs> Next time we do this, we need to move that lamp. Yeah. <laughs> totally I love lamp. Uh-huh. All right, we're moving on to wild science. <laughs> I love this picture too. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you doing, Einstein? You little weirdo. All right. While the majority of Antarctica has been walked by human beings, there is a small section, about 200 square miles small, uh, that has that haven't been stepped on by a human. There are lots of snow and ice there. About 3% of the ice, though, is not actually water, but what other substance? And I don't even know if this is Antarctica, but it came up when I googled it, and it's a really gorgeous picture, so that's why it's here. Mm. Urine. Urine. <laughs> Just People, they're like, we've walked most of this. We're stopping to pee right here. And that's going to take up 3%. Okay. That's a lot of pee. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you know what? We're peeing. Oh, European. That's why mm-hmm. it's an explorer joke. I get it. <laughs> Oddly enough, you're not too far off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not feces 
sort of. Nitrogen? <laughs> nitrogen. Just like some good old nitrogen deposits out there. Uh, methane. Methane. Ooh, so oh, it's not nitrogen. urine, it's farts. Farts. <laughs> Lots of farts. Yep. Plant farts. Yep. So Ancient many cows. farts. Lots of old farts. <laughs> it's yaks. Farts. Yeah. Yaks. Yak farts. Dead animals. Dead animals. All right. Dead animal farts. <laughs> Dead animal farts. That's where gasoline comes from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, fart is H2S. H2S, I think. Methane? Right? Isn't that? Mm, yeah. Methane. Isn't that farts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farts. Yeah. Methane. Penguin farts. <laughs> so, like, I'm going to go ahead and just take a couple things. We're going to put them together. It's actually penguin urine. Oh, my oh. Wow. This picture? Not as pretty as the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that penguins actually expel guano, which is like a pee-poop combo? The white part of the guano is urine, and anything that's got, you know, color to it is poop. Uh, Mm. Turns out about 3% of the glaciers in in Antarctica are made up of penguin urine. So, yummy. I hope you guys like this picture. Good, Good to know. No, you, I don't know. You I just, just said urine. I thought it was correct. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was so random. All right. Here we go. We talked about the Eiffel Tower earlier, but what is something really incredible that happens to this marvel on the hot summer days in Paris? It gets taller. It gets taller. It melts. It melts. <laughs> Those are contradictory question answers. <laughs> It becomes a water park. It becomes a... Oh, that's actually pretty... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A splash pad. Yeah. It's very splash busy mountain. with tourists. Splash mountain. It's ve- it is true. <laughs> it is very busy with tourists. Splash tower. But that's not incredible. That it's happens tilted. to the tower. Mariana says. It's tilted. All right. So we've got... You know, so that's where all the tourists leaning up against that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to push it back up. The leaning tower yeah. of Paris. Yeah. <laughs> that's what everybody goes to France for. It was a hot summer now. (laughs) All right. So, first answer is correct. It actually expands. Yes, the heat of the sun causes the tower to expand uh, because of the heated metal causing the structure to gain an additional 6.75 inches or 17 centimeters for the rest of the world. So, go in the fall if you want a slightly shorter climb. (laughs) So, rubidium is not what the Eiffel Tower is made out of. And a good thing, too, because what happens to rubidium when it gets wet? It blows up. It blows up. Mm-hmm. People uh, jump with parachute coats. <laughs> 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 I'm so far behind. Uh, also correct. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh-huh. So, uh, rubidium. Uh, when it gets wet, we have a, a guess that it blows up. It, I don't know about it wet, melts. What happens if you feed it after midnight? Uh, it, it turns, multiplies. yeah, it multiplies. Okay. And it loses all its hair and turns green and mm-hmm. generally causes havoc. Yep. That's my guess. There's a documentary about it mm-hmm. somewhere. <laughs> There's actually two. I don't two. know if, if yeah. you ever saw the, 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 second, the second one. The second one, yeah, I did. It turns yeah. into a ruby. It turns into, oh, that's why it's called rubidium. Okay. Mm. All right. 
It's like James Cameron's unobtainium. <laughs> there you go. Einsteinium. Mm-hmm. Billy the Kid. What? <laughs> Walt Disney. Kid. Are we just naming things now? What's happening? <laughs> are, oh, these are the guesses for the next three questions. I got it. They're like, we have to go. We're just dropping out answers real quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, any other guesses for what happens to rubidium when it gets wet? Don't really know what rubidium is in the first place. It's mm. it's a metal. It's it's sort a, of it's a sort of metal. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with an atomic number of thirty-seven, it is an alkali material that shares some similarities to potassium in appearance, softness, and conductivity. Several reasons that would make it a bad building material include that it is soft. Its melting point is only 102 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 39.3 degrees Celsius for the rest of the world, and mostly because it has the tendency to explode in water. Blow up. (laughs) Yes. This is a really fun video. If you can find this video online and watch this thing explode, the whole bathtub, you can see the bathtubs exploding. (laughs) It's pretty. And, like, it's got this fun, like, uh like British guy who's telling you, oh yeah, this is what the experiment's going to be. And he's like, and I'm going to turn this over to Rodney. And he's like, so I'm going to give you this walkie talkie and I'm going to go hide over there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's, it's pretty fun. All right. This is going to move us on to our Disney discourse. All right. Starting off with our Walt Disney world question. America loves their flags. You know what? The flags on main street USA and magic kingdom are never set to half mast. The ones that are, like, over the buildings. How come the ones over the buildings aren't subject to this rule? It's the happiest place on Earth. You want to say a little louder for the cheap seats? (laughs) No. They're not real flags. They're not real American flags. They're not real American flags. Why do you say that? They're either, like, missing a star or something. There's, like, a very small... They're, like, missing a stripe or a star Mm. or something like that. Oh, you were said that. I'm so, my thing's so far behind. All right, <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, you know what? I told you. Gonna get you were gonna Start get the Walt the Disney World one. Oh. Uh, the flags on go. Main Street USA are all missing a stripe or a star, and that way then they are not actually U.S. flags, and that way then they can stay out in the rain and never have to be flown at half mast. Hmm. All right. So, it's another Star Wars-y question. Star Wars has a whole land at Disneyland, as well as a ride outside of the area, too. There is even an Indiana Jones ride, all from the mind of George Lucas. How old was George Lucas when he first went to Disneyland? Ten. Ten, you say? Twelve. Twelve, you say? I feel like he was older. You think he was older? Where was he from? In his 40s. He is from... Modesto, California. Modesto, California. So I feel like he went there as a child. I feel like he... As a child? I will tell you, Joe, your guess is impossible because George Lucas was born in 1944, in May of 1944, and Disney opened in July of 1955. So he was at least 11 when it opened. Okay. That was close. Is that old? That's right. He is, yeah. Uh, He is... He's uh, 13 days younger than my mother. Trivia. 16. You say 16? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with like 40. Just because. 40? Yeah. 27. 27? Any All right. guesses for the internet? 
How old was George Lucas when he first went to Walt Disney World? Minimum guess, 11. Maximum guess, 76. But I will tell you, I saw him at Disneyland <laughs> during the release of Disney Star Wars thing. I think the oh, so we've got uh, when Star Tours opened for the first time. I can tell you that's not correct because I actually didn't do any research on Star Tours, so <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you. Mm. <laughs> All right, I'm any other gonna, guesses from Instagram? I'm going to make my uh, $1 guess uh, 11 years old. Ele- so you're changing from 12 to 11. All right. Oh! Born in 1944, Dang. George was 11 years old when he attended that? Disneyland on opening uh-huh. day <laughs> on July 17, 1955. In fact, on Star Tours, you can even hear his name backwards when a Mr. Grorge Sakal is called. Okay. If you're ever listening to that. Um, yeah, I think, this is, I think this is him right in the front there. I think he's the first one. Maybe that one in the pink shirt, I think, maybe is probably him. I don't know. Just people, figured it out. People came. It's like five yep. hours away. Why not drive down for the day? Yeah. The, the Lion King is one of Disney's best films, but not everybody thinks that way. An animal researcher actually sued Disney over the portrayal of which animal in The Lion King? There's quite a few of them pictured. Yeah. The lion. So you think a researcher sued them over the portrayal of the lions? Mm-hmm. You're thinking Rafiki? Yeah, I'm okay. Rafiki as well. I don't know. I've just heard that mandrills are really like... Hmm. They are, and they don't actually have tails. He's kind of a mix between a mandrill and a bonobo. How about hyena? Hyena, okay. We've got a hyena guess. Inter- oh, we've got another hyena from the internets. Any other guesses from the internets? Oh, that's it. Just hyena. Joe, mm-hmm. do you have an animal to guess? Yeah, I guessed. I did already. Oh, you did. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are we ready? Okay. Think we're ready? I think so. All right. With the majority vote, it is the hyenas. An animal researcher did not like how the hyenas were portrayed as comical villains when they were actually pretty good hunters and have been known to eat their young. I mean, that's a separate thing. Hyenas have been known to eat their young, but only because um, hyenas only have two nipples, so feeding three cubs is difficult. So if they do have three, they tend to eat one of them. Delicious. That solves that they're problem. Actually, yeah. They're actually clepto-hunters. Ooh. Like, they steal things that Did other... Do No. Opportunistic. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay, so on that happy note, um, that's trivia. All right. Yeah. All right. If you're uh, watching on Instagram Live, thank you so much. If you're watching this later, after we've like posted this on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, like, share, subscribe, yeah. tell people how much fun you had. Cool. Um, and if you're listening to us uh, again, like, tell everybody you know, um, follow us. We are Free Tacos. I am David the Brewery Buddy. I'm Joe with the Show. We got Nearly Silent mm-hmm. Nick, Elsa, DJ Pizza, the Holy Sister Lisa, the Instagram community. Yes. Have a good night. Thanks for playing, everybody. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody.